Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Wednesday night with a 10-game slate here in the NBA to choose from. Nate and I are looking to stay hot since the end of last week. Got a couple game videos up for you and our player props as well. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we have up there for you guys all season long. And use that odds finder tool we have up there for you guys. Make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from those U.S. sports books this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this 10-game slate and then talk about this first game. Dallas, the new-look Dallas Mavs in Denver. Yeah, first we got Spurs plus seven at the Hornets, 243 total there. Bulls are plus two and a half at the Pacers. The other game we break down, Heat in a pick 'em at Brooklyn, uh, totals all, all the way down at 212 there. Pistons are plus eight at the Celtics. We're on a back to back after their B team took the Bucks to overtime there. Nice calls by us, I will say. Knicks are trying to stay hot, plus three at the Hawks and another Eastern Conference. Playoffs uh, showdown here. The Cavs are plus three at the Sixers. Both are intriguing. Rockets plus 10 at the Thunder. Jazz plus eight and a half at the Grizz. The Pelicans plus four at the Lakers. LeBron still trying to get back on the court here. And the uh, Mavericks uh, now bet down to plus four and a half. Uh, Started at plus seven. I was all about that. It started at 227, the total. We were all about that on the over. I think at 233, where we're at now, it's still good, the over. Uh, I mean, I could, you, we could definitely get this game closer to 250 uh, when it's all said and done here. I, and I mean, plus five, I, I think I would, I would like to tease Dallas up a little bit. But, I mean, I think it's fine to just take them on the money line if you're going to take them at this point. It's just, you know, whatever's going on with the Mavs, they play the Nuggets really tough. Uh, Luka does really, he really plays well against them. They've covered in seven of their last nine in Denver. They've been underdogs in all nine of those. Covered in last 10, 10 of their last uh, 14 overall against Denver. And only once in these, these la- those last meetings has there been a loss by four points or more. That was kind of an anomaly. 30-point loss in game five last season early in the season, um, you know, when Luca was kind of out of shape, I believe was, was the biggest deal there. And then he didn't really get going until he came back in the second half. Uh, but in any case, now Luca's got his gunning mate, Kyrie Irving. And as you would expect, the immediate returns are fabulous on offense, terrible on defense. Uh, the Mavs were struggling on defense a lot <clears throat> before they made this trade to get rid of their best wing defender and, and, and Finney Smith. And, now they are, you know, in these three with Kyrie, they're dead last in paint points allowed, 29th in efficiency, allowing uh, the fourth most free throws per game. They are limiting assisted field goals, which is very good uh, if you're facing Denver. Uh, part of the reason they've played the Nuggets and Joker pretty tough. They, they've, they've found a way to limit what he does to set up other guys. And their third in opponent's three-point shooting, I don't know how much to read into that if it's just, you know, positive variance for them. Denver also getting some good variance in their last three and, uh, but they've been on the road in their last three. And that's, that's why we like the over so much is Denver coming back home where they just score an ass ton of points uh, in their last four in particular, 132 per game shooting 44% from deep 36 assists to 13 turnovers. They've gone over in five straight at home when they have the Joker Jamal Murray and, and, and Aaron Gordon are questionable here. 
Uh, Jamal has been active for three of those last four home games, and he does help the offense. And now they don't have Bones Highland to soak up those uh, you know, those scoring out of the backcourt here. But I just think the Mavs' defense is so bad that they, whoever the supporting cast is around the Joker will be getting buckets and – the Nuggets are not particularly good defending guards either, even even with KCP here. I mean, they're not going to be able to stop uh, Kairuka, as you've coined it, the un, the unstoppable backcourt tandem. So as long as this one's close, that's what we've seen is the fourth quarter, Kyrie really turning up. Uh, Luka, obviously, one of the more clutch players and, and, and spreading it out for them to hit 16 and a half threes per game, Dallas. Uh, it just seems like we'll have a lot of points scored here for sure. Yeah, I think Denver at home and like you said, the the Kairuka, Irving, Derving, Mavs, um, and 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 the not even the pace that they play. It's just it's now it's it's like guard time. We already knew what that what this was going to look like. Like you said, expectedly, um, the offense is really really good and the defense is equally as bad and and I think that's a big part of what we're banking on here with Denver no, and, and being able to score just a ton of points against this team I, they're gonna dominate the boards like I kind of start there um you mentioned the Joker interesting stats against this team right like the uh, 23 and a half points in his last four versus this versus the Mavs only six and a half assists like you call it as well and then 14 boards because the uh that, that's where the Mavs are going to just be hemorrhaging rebounds probably some second chance points um definitely some second chance opportunities on offense for denver in this one and and joker to get um most likely his rebound prop if nothing else so um it does scare me a little bit now that this is at 233 combined with the fact that maybe aaron gordon and or jamal murray don't play if, if aaron gordon doesn't play i mean take t- say what you will in in the nine games that he's missed this season uh the dubs are dubs the the nuggets are scoring seven less fewer points per game without him than in the 49 he's there 111 without him versus the 118 they drop in the 49 games he's played obviously excuse me obviously the the home road splits for Dallas or for for Denver are so stark uh as a lot of teams this season that it 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 doesn't really worry me too much if the Joker's out there surrounded by most of the guys especially one of Gordon and Murray to be able to get close to the 121 that they've been dropping at home all season long where they're making a couple more threes a game four more free throw attempts as well I think there's gonna be a bunch of fouls there for the uh the Mavs as they're trying to stop some of the length uh and size don't forget Thomas Bryant also it's going to be causing problems, especially if Christian Wood doesn't play. Um, and not that Christian Wood is an all-world defender, um, but say it's there's at least another six foot eleven body out there that can that can block out when there isn't that many guys at that size on this team right now uh, that that you trust to even put out there. So. Um, I, 19 and 10 against the spread going over a bunch and and that's where the Mavs go over is on the road this season as we've seen uh not like they're playing great defense at home but it's just not really much much more non-existent on the road this season as they're 10 and 6 to the over when they're away dogs and like 18 and 10 overall on the season uh on the road so um Lucas versus Denver like you said maybe Denver doesn't stop guards very well but it's just been a little bit slower uglier choppier games that that they've played and and that's a big part of why Lucas only had 24 and a half points on 41% from the field over his last four versus Denver. Um, but, you know, this is, like we said, the new era of this team. And, and to just 
harp on the the lack of defense as much as you can expect them to to score and get buckets. The lack of defense, 28th in in, in opponents' points off of turnovers, whereas they used to be third. Um, big jumps, 25, 25th in opponents' second chance points, fast break points, second to last in opponents' points in the paint. So it's just they're going to be eating. The, the Nuggets have been fast breaking a lot as well, especially at home where they get like four more fast break points per game than we're on when they're on the road. So the whole matchup for me, I just I like the overs. I, I do want like one of Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray to play to feel better about 233. I would take 226 and a half like I already did. Uh, I would take that, you know, uh, over that with or without those guys at this point. I think this gets closer to 230 than anything else, but um, it is getting a little bit high and I, I would make sure that you can jump on it a little bit early. And I, I have no problem with a tease in this case, Nate, and, and, and agreeing with you that getting that below 230 for the total and Denver to, or, you know, Dallas to, to be able to lose by double digits or close to it uh, and still cover, I, I think we'd be pretty good with that yeah I mean you mentioned their numbers going down without Aaron Gordon but seven of the last eight he's missed have been on the road uh and the first three he missed this year at least were also without the Joker so I mean including back-to-back at Dallas where the Nugs failed to get to 100 points because of course they did because DeAndre Jordan's in there instead of Joker uh so their second unit is already better they got Thomas Bryan in there instead of DeAndre um (laughs) And it's, yeah, and it's just a case of the Mavs being a completely different team now with Kyrie Irving. Um, It's, you know, related to what we're going to talk about in this other game video, it's what the Nets are going to be without him and why they have the lowest total of the night as they're looking like this. So it's, it's just, it's, it's a far more entertaining product. It's a far more fast paced uh, offense from, from the Mavs. Kyrie pushing in transition as, as much as he would like to, uh, and, and there, that's why we should see a lot more overs. The, the line is, has adjusted. The people have adjusted the line, but yeah, uh, I don't think that Vegas has quite adjusted to these new-look maps yet in terms of the opening line. And in any case, I mean, whatever they set for these two teams, they've gone over in four of their last five meetings. They, t- they tend to be close, like I said. Um, I mean, when they have the Joker, you, expe- you, you would expect it to be higher scoring. Um, so I, that's why I, I do think, yeah, two thirty is very comfortable. Just depends which way you want to tease it. When, when you're at that four point spread, it's like, do I just want the nuggets on the money line then at that Mm. point? Or do I want Dallas to come along for the ride? Cause, um, yeah, I do think the nuggets would, will win. I don't think Kyrie is necessarily the most winning player with that style. I just think it's very entertaining and very high scoring. (laughs) No, but that was, I mean, either way, I love what you're saying, uh, diving into those stats a little bit further of why maybe they have some some skewed numbers with and without the guys um, that are questionable tonight for them in, in Murray and Gordon. So the Heat here, uh, and basically in a pick at Brooklyn and that total dropping from 214 to 211 as we speak. Pistons plus eight at the Celtics. We're on a back-to-back after overtime in Milwaukee. Knicks are plus three at the Hawks. The Cavs plus three at the Sixers. A couple of good Eastern Conference playoff matchups there. Rockets plus 10 at Thunder. Jazz struggling right now. Plus eight and a half at the Grizz with a 240 total. Pelicans are plus four at the Lakers. And the uh, Mavericks, the other game we break down, plus four and a half now. Bet down from plus seven. And the total has been bet up from 227 to 233 in that game. But we still are leaning over for sure there in Denver. I mean, the Heat nets here at 211. I'm not willing to take an over or an under. I'm just taking the Miami Heat against the Nets team that 
It'll be interesting to see if they can hold this six-game lead they have right now from uh, the bottom spot in the play-in tournament because they just don't have much of a squad. Uh, I mean, they, it's the Spencer Dinwiddie show. I guess now Cam Thomas has definitely slowed down after his initial three-game heater after, I guess, teams got some film on him or whatever regression hit. They're not I mean, playing him either as much, yeah. Right, yeah, he's down to 24 minutes per game, scoring under 14 because Dinwiddie is – soaking up nearly 30% usage, scoring about 21 a game in those three. Uh, But Dinwiddie, you know, is exactly the type of guy that I look for the Heat to just shut down. And and sure enough, his last three against them, them uh, nine points per game on 39% from the field, 23% from downtown. Uh, The Nets just, I don't know where else they turn for scoring if he's not cooking against a team with poor backcourt defense. And, I mean, they've, they've covered in three of their last five years since the Kyrie trade request, since since things kind of shifted. They've only won one of those games against Chicago when Chicago shot a ridiculously poor eight for 25 from three and, and uh, didn't take care of the ball. And Brooklyn shot seven, hit 17 threes. Even in that game, though, their bench was just so abysmal uh, now that they're this thin. Uh, yeah. I mean, besides Utah, Watsonabe, you took it. Simmons, Joe Harris, and Patty Mills combining for a nice minus 46 off the bench in that game. I'm surprised they were able to hold that lead. Uh, Simmons, it's been talked about ad nauseum, is just completely falling off the cliff here in his last six. He's a negative 46 when he has played. He's just always a negative in the box score. Uh, but the biggest thing here is the clutch numbers. And, and the Nets have been in these games and, and been right around covering Against the Clippers, I think they covered by half a point, but they just collapsed down the stretch without a closer. I mean, they've been they've been having two of the best closers in the game for uh, multiple years now, and without them, it's just kind of like searching for answers. They've gotten into three clutch games in their last six here, and they have a 63 offensive rating, worst in the league, uh, negative 85 net, and that is 28th in the league. Miami, you know, they're they're not necessarily blowing doors off people. They've played actually a pretty tough schedule though in their last 10 is is part of the reason to say like, okay, I understand that, but still plus 24 net in clutch time there, which is fifth best uh, and 93 defensive rating as you expect from Bam, Jimmy and the boys. I mean, both of those guys are in tonight. They're missing some key scorers and mainly Tyler Hero. Uh, I mean, the fact that Kyle Lowry remains out hasn't really been a big deal. Gabe Vincent's been sort of a one-for-one replacement in in a sense. Uh, I mean, he's plus 21 in his, in his five starts for Lowry here, averaging 13 points is, you know, solid. Um, And yeah, Miami heat, heat ball on the road, second in scoring uh, tied with the bucks for best efficiency defensively, fourth in paint points, sixth in free throw attempts. I just think they can put the clamps on the nets down the stretch when they need to. uh, And, Obviously, this is a key standing situation. They're right behind the Nets, and there's blood in the water right now. I think you would expect Miami to uh, to act like sharks here and get this win. Yeah, I think that's that's what you expect is is Miami to really bring it, kind of like a situation um, that we saw with with the Phoenix Suns as well the other night, where we called them beating the Kings last night, where it was just a situation that. Um, it's hard to trust Phoenix as of late, but the signs pointed towards everything being on the up and up for them. 
I'm not necessarily saying I'm ready to start riding the heat. Um, but to your point, they have been uh, playing a, a relatively tough schedule. I will say, I mean, in their last uh, few games, I mean, the Nuggets and, and the Bucks were in there, but they also had the Magic and the Rockets and the Pacers as well. Um, so, you know, the rest of the way, it's not going to get much easier for them, to be honest. They've had some pretty easy games that they've let flounder this season. That's kind of been the story for them is like, even though they sit where they are, you know, in terms of 32 and 26, they still got that six spot, like you said, um, and, and they're playing in such an awful division that they're going to easily probably win that Southeast, right? But like, that doesn't mean that they've been playing well. They've been playing crap competition with one of the easiest schedules. And so now it's only going to get harder. This is not necessarily the hardest of those games. I don't know what to do with the Nets just yet, as I think we both don't. Like now there's just a lot of the same type of guy on the team. Like we said, they're the best. They're the the three and D team. They almost had Jay Crowder too, but they're the, the three and D team uh, of the league right now. And that's how they're going to continue to have to score points is, you know, continuing to be able to probably uh, score from deep, relying on, on their two new guys from the Suns, as well as, um, you know, continuing to rely on guys like Watan, uh, Watanabe and uh, Joe Harris as well. Seth Curry just not really around or playing well. You mentioned, I just have to say it, like you mentioned Brent, Ben Simmons, like I was ready to start betting a little bit more on uh, the Nets. Like what has everyone been saying since Ben Simmons has been on the 76ers? Like put him on a team where it's just a bunch of shooters and guys who can sort of dribble or, or you know, can he can help them create their own shot and play as a big man. So that's what this is. And he still can't really do it. He can't stay on the floor. Um, he's not even putting up, a, you know, if you're in the, the thick of an offense and you don't shoot the ball when the ball is supposed to be shot within the flow of that offense, you are a huge, a bigger detriment to that offense than, you know, if you even put that ball up and miss it at that point. So um, that's why he's not on the floor anymore. And that's why I wouldn't trust them to be able to do anything up the heat. Say what you will about what they've been doing on the road as of late. Definitely not impressive, and, and it's been that way all season. They're basically a similar team, though. I'm not going to say they're much worse. Obviously, they have a few more wins at home where they're 19 and 10, and you feel a lot more comfortable betting on them in that type of situation than maybe this one. Um, so I, I really don't love the idea of, of betting on them even as dogs, although I know they're a bit better. If, if anything, you're betting on the idea that, like like you said, this is a game that they need. It's just the road heat right now. Like, I just, I don't really believe in them, to be honest. Uh, and this isn't necessarily the route that I would take. But um, that's just me being fully honest with you, Nate, rather than lying to you and saying that I love this, this heat pick. <laughs> yeah, last time I took the heat, you were like, I can't trust this team. I don't even trust their injury report. And they, they'd handled business. But the point is, yeah, I mean, the fact that they're on the road is why you're getting them without a spread. In fact, you're yeah. getting a point, uh, which is vital because they're not, they're, yeah, they're not going to blow doors off anybody. What they are going to do is grind out wins, um, you know, in the margins of, of where you need to find points in the NBA when you're not a great offensive team, when you're not cooking. You don't have all your guys because they never seem to have all their guys. And in this matchup, that's exactly what Brooklyn's struggling to deal with. I mean, they, they're fourth fourth highest um, free throw attempts allowed at home. Uh, in their last three, they're allowing 57% of opponents' points off twos in uh, two-point field goals. So, you know, yeah. it, it kind of lines up well for Miami to to win, to, to get big shots in the mid-range for Bam and Jimmy to do what they do there inside the three-point arc, get to the free throw line, score their points there. Um and then just be able to clamp down on on a really limited offense on the other end because it's just yeah it's a, it's a teammate of three and D guys like you're saying there's like one playmaker in Dinwiddie and like I said terrible numbers against the Heat they can slow yeah. him down um, and just so I don't think that the Nets are going to be able to find much 
I mean, yeah. if you just look at the defensive rating overall, not even in clutch time, the, the Heat is fifth and the Nets are 29th in, the, in their last 11 overall. And the Nets were yeah. able to overcome that at times with Kyrie going off, but they just don't have somebody to go off uh, again in any matchup necessarily. I mean, Cam Thomas is capable, Dinwiddie's capable, but it's just, I don't think it's happening tonight. So I think Miami wins a low yeah. scoring game. No, they're not. You're, you, you've convinced me. Uh, I consider me convinced. This is the exact logic that I used uh, to feel really good about taking the the Knicks against the Nets, a game we called a couple nights ago when we did our one on one uh, sort of individual solo videos. But um, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm completely around because who's going to finish? That's I watched that Philly uh, Brooklyn game for you know the entire second half at that point. And that's exactly what happened and why I felt good taking that Philly money line when they were down double digits in the third quarter. I was like, great, but who's going to score and who's going to continue? to stop uh you know Embiid once it comes down to to what's when it's important at the end of the game like you said uh interestingly enough since the trade the Mavs when they've actually had some clutch time have been putting up a lot of points because they've got Kyrie Irving the guy that was doing it for the Nets previously so I think it makes a ton of sense uh that that this game is going to be close no matter what to be honest I don't see the the heat just running away with it I think the Nets are going to come out I wish they would play Cam Thomas a bit more I understand the liability he is on defense but it's like come on man it's Hail Mary time to a degree and if ever there was a Hail Mary player. Uh, it's Cam Thomas. So either way, yeah, I think Jimmy Jimmy and the boys, as, we, as we've been calling them for a bit, they, they handle things down the stretch, man. And Jimmy going to the post uh, and doing his thing, I think you can p- feel pretty good about that for this Heat team. So you're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, we uh, break down Nuggets Mavs and we like the over. We like the Nuggets at home. We like that means we like the Joker to orchestrate everything at home. Uh, just utterly ridiculous laughing to myself going through his his home game log. He has a triple double in seven straight, nine of his last 10 and, and it's something like 15 of his last 20 at home, a triple-double, which is like even money at most sites, plus 110 at FanDuel. Uh, I, I don't hate taking that. I mean, it's just like the law of averages shows that you would be making a lot of money if you bet that every single night. He's at home. He's at home. That's the key here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he's been a little quiet against Dallas in the last couple. Actually missed two against them earlier this season. Still, I mean, he's averaging 13 boards, seven assists overall in his last five against Dallas, nine assists per game when he's been at home. So, again, it's just the overall offensive efficiency that ramps up. Uh, I'm just looking at the assists and rebounds, actually, not the scoring from Joker. Although, if Aaron Gordon's out, uh, or I mean, if Jamal Murray's out, there's a notable rise in points per game. If Aaron Gordon's out, there's a notable rise in rebounds per game for the Joker. Uh, He averages 14 boards per game without Gordon this year. So I'd feel pretty good about 22 and a half assist rebounds, which is even money at FanDuel. That's something he's again, topped in 16 of 20 home games uh, going back here. Uh, 
Uh, going back to that time, he came up short against Dallas with the 1988 line. Uh, but, you know, now we're talking about in the game video, the Kyrie, the Kyruka Mavericks, a lot more offense, a little more pace and a really bad rebounding team. We don't know if Wood is going to play. Kleba remains out. There's just Dwight Powell being basically the only big man standing to try to match the Nuggets on the boards. So Joker, even if he has below his standards for assists, like seven or eight, maybe, uh, I mean, I still think he's going to get over 12 and a half boards here. So I think the odds are best here just to take the peripherals and assume he's going to keep doing what he's been doing at home. Yeah, we're a little bit scared of the assists. I mean, he's the six assists a game for him in the last four versus Dallas. I mean, 10 and a half. It's not a lot for Joker. Um, and if Jamal Murray doesn't play, it's a better stat. I think the rebounds are fair either way. Cause I think if Aaron Gordon plays 12 and a half rebounds plus or minus 105 on DraftKings, so basically the same odds for him to get the assists and the rebounds. And we know he's gotten the 14 rebounds a game against this team in his last four, which is going to continue to be the case. Cause as we talked about in the game video, the, the Mavs are just going to continue to just, you know, vomit up rebounds to their opponent at, at a ridiculous rate. Like they have been and probably will be, especially if Christian Wood doesn't play. So, uh, I just like him to get a ton of rebounds tonight, no matter what. And then if you do see what happens with Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray and are able to get a bet in uh, after those guys are officially announced, if they are before right before the tip, uh, then you might make a bet according to what we were talking about here. Jamal Murray, no, no Murray assist. Take you can get get more assists for for Joker and uh, no no Gordon, you get more rebounds. So uh, I'm going to go with a guy here that's my favorite bet of the night, just as Terrence Mann was my favorite bet last night. Nate, uh, I'm using similar logic here for PJ Washington. By the way. There wasn't enough juice or, or, or action on um, Terrence Mann last night. And if you looked at his props like 30 minutes for game time, I got plus 115 for him to, to score the 10 points, which I was talking about on the show at like minus 105. Uh, and I guess there just wasn't enough action on him. So I was able to get even better juice by the time the game started. But similar situation here for PJ Washington in terms of a guy just got traded that was really eating up some of his stats in Miles and Mason Plumlee. Sorry, Miles. Mason Plumlee, who's now on, on the Clippers. Um, and, and now P that was a similar situation for Reggie Jackson being, you know, leaving town in LA, Terrence Mann having some more usage and the book's not yet catching up to it. And I think that's where we're at with PJ Washington, where he stands at 15 and a half points. Uh, you can get 16 and a half on some books. And then you're talking about, you know, minus 104, basically even odds. But if you, you know, if you want the 15 and a half, it's like minus 120 on MGM is the best I could find using that odds finder tool. I also love, love, love on FanDuel the 21.5 PR, the P, the points and rebounds combined. It basically gets you even money there. Um, his last three since Plum got traded, uh, 20 points per game, six boards per game, and that's in 34.6 minutes per game. And that's right on par with what his numbers are with and without Plumlee this season. When Plumlee plays, 14.8 points, four and a half boards, 32.8 minutes. When Plumlee does not play this season, 20 points a game, six boards, 34.6 minutes. Basically, his exact uh, numbers in the last three since Plumlee got traded are his numbers throughout the year and the other nine games without Plumlee. So he gets a slight jump in usage. It's not like Plumlee was taking his usage because they weren't usually on the floor at the same time. Um, but you already know that he's playing the Spurs, dude. So I, I don't need to go into how bad the Spurs are. We continue to pick on them down low. Yaka Pertle is gone. The 30-point Toronto Raptors scoring Yaka Pertle last night, by the way. Love Jakob Pertl. Really happy for him. He's in a good situation. But now the, this uh, Spurs team is even more porous down low. Uh, dead last in rebounds. Opponent points in the paint. Opponent, opponent centers are just getting points all over them. Uh, so you got to feel good about P.J. Washington's ability to get boards uh, and, and, and points tonight. 
Yeah, and he has double digits in all five career meetings against the Spurs. It's always key to watch, you know, how they how a player uh, plays against Popovich or how Popovich's scheme uh, adjusts to try to take things away from them. And I don't think they're really worrying that much about P.J. Washington, to be honest. So, yeah, pretty low prop. Uh, I, I do like adding in the rebounds here just because of the pace of play here and the variance on offense with so many young guys out there. And that's a segue to who I'm taking on the Spurs side, the rookie Malachi Branham, uh, who's suddenly, yeah, been thrust into like a high usage green light role. Like, sure, like get your get your feet wet. We are not trying to win games. Uh, in his last seven, he's scoring 17 and a half points per game, uh, along with three and a half boards, three assists, 20% usage, pretty solid. Uh, it's been a little bit higher his last three since he struggled against Toronto. Um, you know, in that last three. He's got double digits in all of them. Um, he's He only had 10 points against the Hawks, but still very much had the green light. Again, four for 15 from the field. So I love to see that from a young player that you're going to be allowed to hoist even if you're missing. His prop is only at 13 and a half points, and you get slightly better odds if you want to tack on four rebounds there or a couple assists. Either one is solid against the Charlotte team that – has a 120 defensive rating in their last seven. It's getting out-rebounded seven and a half per game, uh, giving up the six, second most rebounds and second most assists overall in that span. Uh, and also giving up the fifth highest three-point percentage. Branham to just hit two threes is minus 120 at Caesars. Um, and he's hit eight threes in his last three games. So that's worth a shot, shout here. But I, I think, yeah, just the points for him to get 14 against the poorest defense is pretty reliable. Yeah, welcome to the show, kid. Uh, I, I like the points. I, I would I would add the, the threes as well. Like you're saying, uh, I think that's where you can probably expect him to get some points. And um, Charlotte, especially over the last seven, like you said, they, they've been okay at times uh, at home on defense and in pretty specific situations have, have the Hornets. But uh, I would feel pretty good about this game going up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, and Malachi Branham, like you said, continuing to get the, the usage when he's in the game and, and the green light to just let it fly. So uh, I'm going to finish things off here with Mr. Morant. We we haven't talked about John a little bit, but I think it, the Grizz are going to be on a little bit of a streak. I, I do like that the fact that they, um, you know, they are one of those teams that haven't really changed much, to be honest, because I think they they know they have the weapons uh, already at hand, and that consistency is going to kind of continue to propel them. Uh, big win against the uh, the T Wolves a few games ago, where they they scored a bunch of points. Similar situation here; they're playing the Jazz, one of the worst defensive teams in the league, especially since uh, in the last four uh, games or so. Um, and and Ja twenty eight and a half points, I should say, minus one thirteen on Fan. If you add the assist, you can get 36 and a half uh, points uh, and, and assists combined at minus 115 on DraftKings. Uh, you know, the Jazz last four, uh, the, his his last four versus the Jazz specifically, 31 and a half points, six and a half boards, eight assists in about 36 minutes. Uh, I think it's going to be a similar situation for him tonight. And the Jazz are just completely uh, giving up all the points to point guards, uh, third most points to point guards. Um, and, and I believe like, you know, sixth most assists or so in the last five, this Utah defense. Uh, allowing 124 and a half points a game, the eighth most free throw attempts, which we know is crucial for Ja, who's been averaging about nine in his last five overall. Um, and also the eighth highest two point percentage, which is where we know Ja is going to be doing the majority of his work there. Uh, his last five overall as well hit over this prop 29 and a half points per game, eight and a half assists per game for Ja. He's also playing at home uh, where he scores a couple more points per game at 28 and a half versus the, uh, the 26 that he gets on the road. So uh, this Grizzlies team at home, I think you can expect them to, 
to feel really good on offense against the uh, the Jazz. And I wanted to go under because of how good uh, the Grizzlies have been playing on defense. I kind of wanted to go under on one of these Jazz players, maybe somebody like a, uh, a Jordan Clarkson who's had some pretty bad numbers against this Grizzlies team. But I think the pace is going to be so fast and that they're going to be so up and down either way that it, it would scare me to take an under uh, even on, on a Jazz player right now unless you couldn't think this is going to be like a 30-point blowout, which is why I felt like no matter what, I was kind of safer taking a jaw over than anything else in this game. I'll take under uh, Laurie Markkinen, which you okay. floated out there. And I think I that that's, that. that's actually a little more appealing to me than the jaw over uh, because I, I do worry that Memphis is going to win this game by double digits and that jaw might not be out there down the stretch uh, and that the jazz just aren't, are, aren't, you know, hanging on the road specifically recently, True. but marketing, you know, going to be going up against defensive player of the year leader, Jaron Jackson, uh, his prop all the way at 26 and a half points or like 38 and a half PRA about even money to not have a double double. I, I like any of that. I just don't think he's going to have his usual production that we've seen against soft defenses like Houston or Sacramento or whatever. Uh, this is Memphis. This is in Memphis. And I, I think they're going to, get into his jersey here tonight and uh, make it tough on marketing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they've been a little bit worse without Steven Adams in there. Have the Grizz down low, but like they're still limiting uh, teams to like the, the the tune of like the fourth fewest points in the paint and stuff without him. So yeah, they're still, uh, like you said, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Uh, uh, Triple J still out there. It, it's probably pretty good. I do like a, a Laurie under as well. Um, but I think Giles, 20 and a half is just so high that it, I don't love taking it like we're talking about. But I think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Hitting it like an 85% clip, dude, in the last like four nights on these player props. So until we see you next, happy betting.